listening to Chillin' Grace, the lifestyle podcast for women disrupting the norm by chilling in their truth and gracefully inspiring others to do the same. As a certified coach who works with successful women to disrupt the norm by trusting themselves with what they want for their life, it's always been super important for me to showcase women doing just this. We all deserve to be seen, to be heard, to be understood, and to know we aren't alone when what we want for our life may seem too big, too different, or too weird. Thank you for tuning in, and let's get to it. Welcome to episode eight of Chill and Grace. I am Holly Crevo, and I am so honored that you are here with me today. I wanted to start by taking a little time to acknowledge that you are here. I know there is so much going on right now um, with the coronavirus, and we are either working from home with kiddos or we're working out without kiddos, and we've got a lot of fear, and we're, there's so much media content that I really want to commend you for taking some time to listen to something that is really focused on embracing your truth and um, really finding your own unique path and having the courage to tune out the norm and really just taking some time for some positive content. That's my goal and everything I put out to be positive and encouraging and motivating. And so I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to focus on uplifting content as opposed to kind of taking in all the news that we're in the middle of. So we are in Stavanger, Norway, and I don't think people thought that the coronavirus came here, but it is. So we started shutting down about a week and a half ago, um, Katie was sent home to do work from home. Restaurants started to close bars, movies, library, um, all the activities we were doing. So we've been kind of not locked down, locked down, but we're definitely not going out as much. Go to the grocery store a couple of times a week to get what we need. Um, but yeah, so we are, we are kind of in the same situation that you guys are in, in the States. So it's been tough to be away from home and kind of dealing with what does it look like here for us and what does it look like for all of our friends and family back home. Um, so it's just um, a surreal time. And if you're out there and you're really struggling financially, physically, emotionally, please know I'm sending all my positive thoughts and vibes out to you because I can't imagine for some people what this is like. Um, you know, and I wrote a blog earlier this week on kind of our first world disappointments around the coronavirus. If you haven't seen it, you can go to hollycrivo.com, H-O-L-L-Y-K-R-I-V-O.com and go to my blog page and you can kind of read, you can read the full blog there. But I just want to share a little bit about dealing with the disappointment during this time. Um, I think there's a lot of us are struggling with our quote, first world disappointments during the coronavirus. For me, it's the lack of travel. I, we moved here in January and one of the big pieces along with Katie's kind of development through work of us coming over here was the travel. We were excited to be over here and we could travel as much as we want, have all the experiences. And that's all been put to the side. And to be honest, I'm not sure what that will even look like for the rest of our year. And it was really disappointing. And, you know, next month is my 40th and we had planned for my 40th to take a nice long trip to Italy and that's been canceled. And so... I was feeling a lot of disappointment and I was talking to somebody and I was, you know, I know it could be worse. I know it's, it's not that bad. And it, you know, so I kind of discounted the disappointment and it's not as terrible as losing your job or losing your business or losing a loved one. It is not, but it is still my loss and it is still my valid disappointment. And I think it's important for all of us out there. If you're kind of struggling with a loss in your life or a disappointment to acknowledge it and to sit in it. And to know it's okay to feel that way. Um, it's okay to be really disappointed that you're not taking a trip or that your senior child is missing a lot of their experiences or you're not going to get the promotion you wanted or whatever it looks like that you can view as like a first world disappointment. It's okay to feel that way. And for me, the power in releasing that disappointment and kind of moving on is just acknowledging it and saying it speaking out into the universe, like I am disappointed. I know it's not as bad as some people and I acknowledge that as well, but for me, this hurts. So that's been really powerful of me to kind of move forward from disappointment I have. So I really encourage you if you're listening and you're feeling some sadness, just to sit in it, call somebody, journal it, say it out loud. Um, and you'll really, I think you'll see that you'll let some of that guilt go of feeling bad about your first world problems or kind of move past that disappointment. Um, so yeah, that's just a little bit about what's going on here. And like I said, the full blog is on hollycrevo.com. 
So today is a very special podcast for me. I have been, my previous podcasts were all with child-free women. And if you haven't checked them out, they're fabulous. I have had several people reach out to me who have kiddos and they've said they've been really impacted by those podcasts. I really encourage you to look at those that I have already listened to those that I've already done. But I started to shift from just child-free to really to women who are disrupting the norm. And it was kind of twofold. One, um, while I am super passionate about the child-free women and they're still a big part of who I work with, um, the content about child-free was just really heavy for me. I felt like it was, um, I had to speak very delicately and very serious and that's just not really who I am. So I realized it wasn't serving me. And two, I realized it wasn't just the child-free that I wanted to work with. I wanted to work with women who are looking at the world around them and saying, this isn't what I want. I want something different. I want something different than what my spouse tells me or my parents or my family or my friends or society or culture or whatever that looks like. I want something different and that they really trust themselves with what they want for their lives and tune out all the chatter. So I've shifted my focus. So you'll be seeing more different types of people, not just child-free content coming up. I have also a woman who left a really great job, um, in corporate America to travel the world. I do have one of my male friends who's on who left a great job to go back to med school. So it's really about people who are looking around them and saying, I want something different. So today is one of my friends, Spanky Mills. And I met Spanky through her sister, who is a dear friend of mine. And Spanky is a mom of four and photographer, does MLM, just really bold on Instagram. And that may not seem that it's that disruption of the norm, but it is for her. And she is so open about talking about her struggles to get where she is. And, you know, when I asked her to kind of explain who she was, she was like, I'm always in a work in progress. That's even hard to explain. So I think she has a great story that's going to resonate with a lot of people about how sometimes even just disrupting the norm of our life a little may be hard to do, but it can be so rewarding. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And again, thank you for tuning in. I'm thinking of each and every one of you during this time, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, Spanky. Hey. I have been looking forward to this since we talked a couple weeks ago. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited. I always love where our conversations go. It's, it's just, it gets me going. I know that's funny. That's what I kind of talked about in our intro is how we'll go for like months without seeing each other. And then we just catch up on all the things all at once. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's like our brains just do like this big, like thought vomit all at one time. <laughs> <laughs> thought vomit. I love it. I know. So we, for everybody listening, we talked probably a week or so ago, just kind of what this would look like, what we talk about. And I think it was about an hour conversation. That's such great stuff. We were like, we should have just taped our conversation and then we could have just had a double podcast. Yeah, I think we've learned our lesson from now on. We record. <laughs> record all things. Well, I kind of talked a little bit about why it was important for me to have you on um, my podcast, just because you are such a great example of somebody living their truth, creating their own path, um, and really kind of working their way to tune out the norm. Anything else? What would you like to share about yourself with the audience, kind of about where you're from, your how many kids you got, all those fun details? I, um, I actually thought about this a lot and I kind of thought it, it still goes back to, I want to start with saying like, I'm kind of older than a lot of people trying to figure out life. I'm in my forties and I'm like, okay, what do I want to do when I grow up? But I think a lot of it stems back to me kind of trying to rebel against the way I was raised and not that my parents were at any fault. It was what the society deemed as a norm. You go to high school, you go to college, you get a degree, you join a business. You start at the bottom and you work your way up. I watched my dad, um, get up at six 30 every morning, get ready, drive, you know, an hour and a half to his big office and high rise in the middle of downtown Houston and, and do his job and then come home and, and day in and day out, it looked the very same. And, um, Back then, my parents were very big on, you know, if you don't know what you want to do, go to college, get a business degree, play it safe, and just fall into society's norms. Um, something never felt right about that and ended up going to college, changing my major. I, I joke and say, I think I, you know, graduated as a high school freshman <laughs> instead of <laughs> like, I mean, I went to college and I moved backwards further than I moved forwards because I was just... I had all these interests, but I couldn't pinpoint what to make of it. You know, I loved um, architecture, but the geometry and the mathematics of it didn't make sense. But I loved, I knew I loved design and 
the aesthetics of home. And, you know, I, I went into psychology, psychology and psychiatry because I loved, um, people and people's stories and the makeup of just listening to what made every person unique about themselves. Um, I went in, you know, with interior design. I mean, I just kind of had, I just basically floated around, um, ended up getting overwhelmed, quitting, getting married, having kids young. Um, I have four kids. So, and that are all at this age. Now, my oldest is 20. I have twins that are high school seniors. And then I have a 14 year old, um, so I just kind of got thrown into that mom role and thought, okay, well, you know, this is that desire in me just needs to be put aside. I just mm-hmm. need to wait. I, I couldn't figure it out when I was in my early twenties and now I'm a mom. So let's just push it aside. And kind of around, if I had to pinpoint a time, I want to say it was like my mid thirties that I almost feel like I had an adult version of a temper tantrum and just kind of peeled back everything that I felt like society was telling me I needed to be that didn't feel right in my soul. Mm -hmm. And it was like, no, there's something deeper there. God created me to, to do something different. And I'm not allowing myself to hear what that is because I'm trying to tiptoe on people's opinions mm-hmm. and expectations of me. Um, so I, and, and to be honest, that was like my mid thirties. I'm in my mid forties now. I feel like I'm still struggling with the, you know, when you do something against the grain, people look at you and people say things and people have opinions because it's not safe. It's not what, is comfortable for them. And so it makes you, you can't help but like kind of bear the weight of, am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Is this not right for me? Um, so I'm still kind of like reeling with that a lot, but at the same time, the more I get comfortable in my own skin and my own thoughts and the way I was created, the more I can look someone in the eyes and say confidently, like, this is what I'm doing. And I'm not sure necessarily as a, like right now, you know, I do photography and I also work, um, quote unquote, a side hustle. I do a network marketing company and sell um, anti-aging hair care and skincare. Um, I have learned that, you know, those might not be my end goals though. I feel like everything that I pursue is an avenue or a stepping stone to the next thing I'm supposed to pursue. So I still don't know that I'm at the final place, but I'm just enjoying the journey getting there, oh. if that makes sense. Oh my gosh, Absolutely. So is it, when I ask you that question, how you um, describe yourself, is it hard for you to even put that into words? Cause it's just so multi-layered for you. It is, it is. Um, you know, even like with social media, like um, whether it's, you know, Instagram or if it was, you know, years ago when blogging was a big thing, they said, you know, you pick a niche, like what is your niche? Like what, what do you do? And that's really hard for me because I'm a creative. I can paint and draw really well. Um, I'm, I, eat, sleep, drink, and breathe, home design and remodel. Um, I'm the friend who, who will walk into your house and be like, how committed are you to the way your shelves look right now? Because <laughs> I'm about to rearrange them for you. <laughs> um, and then, you know, obviously I have the photographer. I am a photographer. That is where I actually put the majority of my creative outlet into. So you asked me, but yet I have found over the years of even speaking at conferences and stuff for photography that my heart really is on fire for women accepting all the different layers that they have inside them and, and kind of peeling back and discovering the way that they see the world, the why behind that. Like what, how are you, um, like what has happened to you in your past that makes you see the world this way? And, and instead of feeling different by it, embracing it and creating it as your uniqueness, like that's our creative vision and thumbprint that we were given and to embrace it. So I've learned even as all the creatives that I am, it still boils down to like, I love helping women discover that they can do things outside of the norm and, and stand firm in who they are and, and quit putting those expectations on themselves where you feel like you're never enough. So yeah, it's real hard to explain. Um, I struggle because I don't have one definite, like, what is my niche? I don't, I don't have that. And even if I ask like, what's your passion? Would that be even hard? Like, well, I guess you just kind of mentioned kind of helping women step into their truth and step into their full potential is really your passion. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you have different levels 
or different avenues to get there, right? Whether it's right. in your business or in your photography or walking into somebody's house and being like, yeah, that looks terrible there. Let's move that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, why is your bed right there? Do you think yeah. we can move it? <laughs> yeah. How, on a scale of one to 10, how firm are you on that? Yeah, and I do. Don't beware. If you invite me into your home, I'm going to leave with, <laughs> you're going to leave with new drapes. Yeah, new drapes. That's awesome. <laughs> well, you talk about, it's interesting because you talk about when you said, when you live your life a different way, people, they don't think it's safe and it's uncomfortable for them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how have you, how did that kind of come up for you when you started maybe living a path that was different than what you saw? I think what I realized is I'm a people pleaser Mm -hmm. and I've known that for years. I think that I've discovered it the more and more uncomfortable I've gotten, the more I've kind of tried to dive deep into like, what, where is this disconnect for me? And it all boiled down to the fact that I was trying to play it safe and make other people feel comfortable. And in doing so, it was very unsettling for me. Um, I remember it hit me and this is kind of the start of all of it. It was, I was in my early thirties and I was editing a gallery, a senior session that I had just taken. And it was about one o'clock in the morning. And I just, it's like, I couldn't keep pushing through the gallery. My client was beautiful. Her clothes were perfect. The location was perfect. Technically everything I did was perfect, but life for me, isn't perfect. So I felt this huge disconnect between what I was doing by looking at my client and editing all this perfection Mm. to how I truly felt and how I saw this girl and knowing what I felt like as a senior, all the life I had lived at that point. And then all the life I still had to go and knowing how not perfect it was, but I was playing by at that time, the photography industry's rules of perfection, the right light, the right composition, um, the, the right focus, the every single thing I was playing it so safe and creating this perfect image. But we as a society have to stop feeling like the only way we can see beauty is in perfection because to me, the broken is where the beauty is because you're broken is where your story begins and how you overcome these broken pieces and how you put yourself back together is what creates something so strong and creates you as an individual. And that's what gives you like the power to like move beyond that safe place. So I feel like it was that moment that it was like, it was really weird because it was just a picture and it was just a gallery and I was just doing my job. But it's like at that moment, that's when I kind of had an entire life breakthrough. And it was like, what? I don't see life as perfect. I I didn't experience life as perfect. Um, So why am I giving these images of perfect people to my clients? So now, even the way I approach a shoot, it's very real and grit and, and raw. And I tell them, you know what? It might not all the way be in focus. If I have two images side by side and one has an emotion but it is not in focus at all. And one, I can count their eyelashes and I can see the pupil, but they just look pretty. I'm not going to give that one in the gallery. I'm going to give the one that makes them feel something Mm -hmm. because to me, it's a feel you want to feel life. You don't want to just go through life playing it safe. You want to feel life, all of it. And that's kind of the moment you kind of felt it was your temper, your, your, your words, not mine, (laughs) your temper tantrum kind of got kicked off and you're like, I can't do Mm -hmm. this anymore. Yes. Or this way. Yep. Did you feel at that? Cause at that time, how old was your daughter? She was, I was, um, thir- she was, let me think. She was probably first grade first kindergarten, grade. first grade. So she was about six, seven years old. So do you think that kind of, you know, cause you talk about doing this girl, did you feel like you were almost doing a disservice as you were doing those photos to the girl whose photos you had taken? Oh yes. Actually like, and I know the parents, it's hard to even speak about it. And when I did speak at my conferences and stuff and kind of explained my breakthrough, I feel bad because I'm admitting to my clients that I didn't give them the work I felt like they deserved, even though they love it. And that's what they knew. And they hired me at that time for that work. Um, I feel like I gave them such a disservice because they just look back, you know, when you, um, 
you smell a smell or you hear a song mm-hmm. and it takes you back to a moment in time that you almost have forgotten until you smell that smell or you hear that sound. Mm-hmm. That's how I want to approach my sessions now. When they and and I actually long story short, I had a senior pass away um before her mom got her gallery and saw her images. It was a very short window between the time I took her, her photos and um, her passing. So I sat with the mom and dad in their living room, showing them their daughter's gallery, trying to pick out an image for her viewing the funeral. Um, one of the hardest moments of my life, but the mom at one point gasped and she was like, oh, I just heard her laugh. I just heard her laugh. This image, I can oh. hear her laugh. And I thought, that's it though. That's it. If I worried about making sure I could see my reflection in her pupil, her mom would have never gotten that piece of her daughter after her daughter was gone. So as scary as it was to go outside of the norm and know, oh, I might be offending the photography industry and their rules. Um, there was something in my gut saying, Spanky, you've got to give more. You've got to give them what you see in them mm-hmm. because that's what's creates you to be different. And that's where your power is. And that moment was like my affirmation of, okay, girl, keep going with it because the way you feel isn't that far off. Like you're onto something, you know? Yes, yes, yes. It's almost like, you know, you do, um, like if you're wedding photos and you have the ones where you're like standing all great. And then the best ones are of you just laughing with your, and you're like, those are the ones Mm -hmm. you frame, right? You're like, yeah, it looks like all formal looks great but it doesn't capture like what makes you you and even the parts you maybe not love about yourself but the people right that your people mm-hmm. love and so mm-hmm. I love that you recognize that and I think we've talked about this that for you kind of started to that was the disrupt to the photography industry right you touched on that yes yeah um the senior industry still to this day I feel like is very um you know magazine like and very high fashion and and it's beautiful work. Mm -hmm. It's just in a different way. To me, it's creating art more than it's creating memories. And I want to be the one to create the memories and capture this moment in time. I want them, when I think back of my senior year, a lot of times um, my memories go to a song or when I'm in my bedroom being, you know, just me and having my own time and my thoughts and remembering who I was, like the sound of my friends, the, the things that we did, not necessarily the, the perfect moments, but like mm-hmm. the moments that really pull on my heartstrings and remind me of who I was at that age. Um, so that's kind of the angle I try to take. And that's kind of what I want even outside of photography. That's where I want women to realize is they don't have to march to the same beat to be valuable to other people, to mm-hmm. share their story, to offer value. And even with the, um, the network marketing company that I work for, it's, it's outside of the norm. People have such a stigma on network marketing, but it has changed so many lives and given women a purpose that it's like, it's beyond the shampoo and the face wash that I'm selling. It's, the lifestyle that I'm creating that is, is different, you know, Mm -hmm. that I want to share with other people. Oh my gosh. That makes perfect sense. I think, you know, like we talked about, it's kind of the vehicle to get the life you want, right? Like it's absolutely, Mm -hmm. it may not be what you're super passionate. You're not passionate about the shampoo. You love the results the shampoo gives and you're all about it, but you're not waking up. Like I freaking love shampoo. It's amazing. I never, yeah. When I was five, yeah. When I was five and I had to do a project on school, like, what are you going to be when you grow up? I never said <laughs> I was going to sell shampoo ever. <laughs> I actually said I was going to be a dog catcher, but that's beside the point. <laughs> dog catcher. <laughs> that's awesome. Beside the point, but it was not sell shampoo. But mm. it is the fact that I can be at my son's golf tournament mm-hmm. and be there for eight hours and not miss a beat with my business, or I can be on a plane with my daughter going out of the country and I can take five minutes to answer an email on my phone and still make money. I mean, I was hiking the Andes mountains in Peru, answering emails about shampoo and making money while I was 
doing something that was a once in a lifetime experience. So it's, to me, it's not, like you said, it's the avenue in which I created a different lifestyle for myself and for Mm -hmm. my family. That was important for you to have that type of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, talking, you know, maybe, you know, talking about, you know, your net, going to your network marketing, did you, was that kind of uncomfortable for you to start out doing? What was that process like for you? Because that is something that a lot of people have um, stigmas to, different ideas mm-hmm. of what it is, like whether it's, it doesn't matter, right? Whether it's shampoo, face, um, oh, yeah. supplements. Any of it. What was that kind of like for you? Um, well, I'm hard-headed. Um, I'm not a quick learner. <laughs> so I was approached when the company was brand new. So it was like five years ago. Um, and a friend that I briefly knew through the blogging industry days, um, told me about this opportunity and I, I rolled it and I was like, she was like, you can get in like profit shares, business shares. And I'm like, wah, wah. you know, I know. So I ignored her. I actually went back and looked and it was painful, but I ignored her. I like switched the conversation around and just blew her off. And then a few years later, my stylist, my hairstylist was telling me, you know, about a product that would help, you know, my hair, heal from the stress and damage and stuff of, you know, getting older and having teenagers and all the things. And I tried it, but I didn't use it properly. So I hated it. So I wrote it off again. I said, no. Then I, um, a girlfriend told me, listen, you weren't using the right products. Try it again. Give it another chance. And I'm like, that's fine. I will try the shampoo, but I'm no way am I going to sell it. I'm not a salesperson. This is just, it's laughable. I'm not going to sell shampoo. That's dumb. And so I said three, Nose three nose to this stuff, yes. Mm -hmm. Until I decided to say, okay, you know what? It's helping. I used it for seven months. My hair was just progressively getting better, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to tell people because if I'm struggling, maybe they are too. And I just literally shared that I was do. I didn't try to sell it. I didn't inbox anybody. I just mentioned, wow, this is a huge change, and. my business just kind of flooded. It was because so many other women, A, were struggling with the same thing. Two, don't like to be sold to, but love when people just genuinely share a product. Mm -hmm. And the stigma we have around network marketing companies or like the old timey, you know, um, costume jewelry party where you have to go and you feel guilty. Mm -hmm. So you like spend $35 on a ring that breaks, you know, two weeks later, turns your finger green, you know, like you have the stigma (laughs) of what network marketing. That happened. (laughs) I know. I was like, were you there? I don't remember seeing you there. (laughs) But it was, it was gross. It was gross the way we thought it had to be done. And that's what I've realized is, is even in this network marketing, you don't have to do things the way the industry says Mm. they have to be done. You can step outside of the way society thinks is comfortable and do it your way. And if in your mind, you're doing it the way you feel you would want to be quote unquote sold to or photographed or believed in. If you're sharing that with others, it it's so much more genuine and it's so much more real and it's so much more comforting to be approached in that way. Um, and I've always said, even like taking it back and I, I talked to the girls on my network marketing team and I reference photography a lot because it's the only thing that I have to compare to, but um you, you don't have to be liked by everybody. Mm -hmm. The thing, the thing is, is, but the ones who do believe in you, it's, you might have a less, you know, 10% of the people might truly believe in you, but I would rather have 10 out of a hundred clients really love what I offer them and value what I offer them than a hundred clients being like, eh, I mean, I guess if she comes or goes, it's no big deal to me, right. you know? So I think by playing it safe, you're hurting yourself because you're just being likable by the masses. Right. And I would rather be loved by few than liked by many. Yes, absolutely. Because there's so much out there of, just like the vanilla, right? I was mm-hmm, listening mm-hmm. to a um, Amy Porterfield. I don't know if you listen to her. I was yes, listening uh-huh. to her shows. And it wasn't even her quote. And I, forgot, I I wrote it down. I'd have to make a lot of noise to find it. But it's a quote. And maybe I can tag it in the notes. It was like, there's money if they, or there's, 
they love you or they hate you. There's no money in the middle or something like that. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, there's Mm -hmm. nothing. And even if it's not money, that could be a little crash for some people, but there's no people either like love you or hate you. There's not a lot of excitement in that middle piece. Right. Like they can, Mm -hmm. they go like, well, when I was, when I was in my thirties and I, I had played it safe and I was mm-hmm. the people pleaser. Oh my goodness. I could tell you so many stories about things that I've kind of shut myself down just to make sure other people felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did when I had that little temper tantrum and I kind of ripped back and tore off all those chains that were kind of holding me down. I realized really quickly, I'm going to have to get over what people think of me because, and and it's funny because once I found my voice, I have realized people either really like me or really don't like me. There's Mm. very few people you're ever going to come across in life and you bring up, hey, do you know Spanky? That are going to be like, oh, yeah, I mean, she's okay. No. Most people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, I love her. Oh, my God, that girl is so weird. I just don't like her. Like, something about her. You know, like, (laughs) there's just something about her I don't like. (laughs) Um, But it's helped me because it, as hard as it is to stomach, cause I want everyone to like me. And it's like, I feel like the people who don't like me, I'm like, wait, wait, but maybe, but, but you know, get to know me better, Did you see this but it's okay. <laughs> I know, but let me show you this. <laughs> like, There's more. Um, but it's okay. It's okay to not be liked because, and it's okay for it to be very clear that line in the sand, because then I know where to invest my energy mm-hmm. and I know where to invest my efforts. And it's just been, as hard as it was to get over that, oh, they don't like me. Maybe I need to sell myself a little better to them. They need to like me. No, not everyone needs to like you. Not everyone needs to like your message. Not everyone needs to like what you do and how you do it. But the ones that do, that's where you invest your time. That's where you, you are adding value to them and you're taking into account the value they add to you. Like let the others go. And I've gotten with age, thank goodness, because it was just a heavy weight to carry. But I have really gotten to the point where it's like, you know, bless and release. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that you feel that way about me. I'm not going to try to sell myself to you. I'm not going to try to prove my worth to you. You go find your people, but I have my people and I hang on tight, you know? Absolutely. How does, um, you know, you mentioned that's like kind of in your thirties, you started to step into that. How does, does that still come up? Like, what do you do when that kind of starts to come up for you? And because I think being a people pleaser is really hard to like overcome and something we always are kind of Mm -hmm. aware of. Does that still come up for you? That need? Oh yeah. And then what, so what do you, how do you handle that? (laughs) Well, I probably need therapy, but, um, (laughs) I basically am just like, you know what I have told myself, and this may sound so arrogant, but it's the only way that I can, I think process and let it go is, you know what? Most of the time hurt people hurt people. And I feel like a lot of times the people who, don't like what I do. It's not as much they don't like what I do. It's they don't like the brassiness in which I do it. It something that I'm doing is striking a chord within them that makes them feel uncomfortable because maybe they don't believe in themselves to step out on that limb and trust their, their selves Mm -hmm. and their value and their strengths. I feel like for the most part, a lot of times when people don't like other people, it's because there's a misunderstanding and there's a fear of getting to understand somebody. Absolutely. So I, which is totally arrogant. It's like, I am, I am likable. I am funny. I have a good time. (laughs) So I feel like I'm sorry that you're missing out on, on who I am and who I could be for you because you're scared because I march to a different beat than what you're comfortable with, right, you know? Right. Well, and I love that you said kind of so just I always bless and release. <laughs> like, and it's not, yes. mm-hmm. it's not your, um, that's more of their issue, not your issue or how you're portraying yourself. Cause you are very, I feel like you have to your social media mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I try to, I really have tried to work on myself and really lean into who I am and the voice that I have. And, um, you, I had to grow very thick skin with photography because when I got in the industry, it was like that really big shift between, um, the way it had always been done in the film days. And then now the digital camera and the moms with cameras and the lack of education and people just learning online. And man, a lot of the old photographers, you know, had a a hard time 
accepting a mom could just go to a store, buy a camera and then have a business. But what I saw on the outside looking in was it's a shame that they were digging their feet in the ground and, and leaning on the side of anger and frustration instead of saying, Hey, things are changing. I either adapt with it or I get left behind. And a lot of people with that mindset got left behind. Um, Mm. because the industry was changing. It just was changing. So I had to grow very thick skin because I was quote unquote, one of the moms with the camera and I got plenty of wrath from the older photographers in the industry because I didn't know or care how to take my camera apart and put it back together. I didn't care all the the settings and the the right words and the things i mean turn this button it works i don't know i was a creative i didn't care how it got done i just loved that i knew enough to get the end product that i wanted um so i did grow thicker skin i think through all that and i just kind of like you said bless and release if you don't like what i'm doing that's fine you know i'm sorry for you i hope you find something that you like but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep doing me because this is what serves me, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think so often too, like you hear, like you hear the people that are judging you or haters and you're like, you, you can just scroll past me. You don't have to like say anything, you know, it's like, they're still right. in your world. So there's still something interesting about you, whether it's the way you're living your life off the beaten path or that you're doing bold things that they don't have the courage to, they're still kind of wanting to know what you're doing. Cause it's, it's a, you know, you could just block Spanky Mills on your thing. You don't need, mm-hmm. to, talk, you don't need to see what she's doing if, if, if you don't really care. But have you seen the meme where it says, I just saw it this morning. I wish I would have screenshot it. Um, it's like, if you're, if you don't like me, but you're watching what I'm doing, you're a fan. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that, and, and I really do feel in my heart that again, it all boils down to like, there's some, they're sitting in some sort of fear or they're sitting in some sort of insecurity that they feel like they can't follow their own voice and their heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know what? I think that people, if they have the time, I actually just said this to a friend this morning. If anyone has the time to be worried about what I'm doing, they're avoiding the work that they need to be doing on themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier to avoid working on ourselves than it is to throw stones. I, I use the, to my kids all the time when people are mean to them. I said, you know what? A lot of times it's so much easier to take a stone out of your pocket and to put your attention on placing aim on somebody else than it is to pay attention to the weight of the stones that you're carrying in your pocket. Mm-hmm. So it's so much easier to take something and throw it at somebody else than it is to carry and to know the, the crap you have in your own pocket that you need to work on. So I, I really do feel like if you have time to worry about what I'm doing, then bless you because that just means you're avoiding some really gritty work that you need to be doing on yourself. Well, and I mean, kind of like, even like you said, I mean, people will judge you no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times, you know, you know, I had four kids, I had them really young. You've gone the route of like a child-free life. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to say, you know, they're going to have a problem. Well, why don't you have kids? Well, why do you have so many kids? Why did you have so many kids so young? Well, why didn't you have like, well, you know, it's like, you can't make everyone happy. You just have to take what you have and just move forward with it. And no, if you're worried about whether or not I had my kids too young or I chose not to have kids at all, like stop the little girl, that little, um, well, it's a TikTok now, but it's like, worry about yourself. Just worry about yourself, you know? Well, Stop worrying like, with me. No, Life's hard enough. Oh, for sure. And like you said, it's like, why don't, you know, if somebody's happy with their decision, whatever it ends up being career wise, kid wise, marriage wise, like they're not going to judge you because they're, they don't care what you're in the nicest way possible. They don't care what right. you're doing. Right. right. You're like, if you want to have four kids, that's mm-hmm. great. I don't want to have any kids. That's great too. <laughs> like, but I'm right. And I'm like, there. I have four kids and I can validate your, <laughs> I can validate your <laughs> idea. You're like that is not the worst <laughs> idea I've ever heard. It's a little too late no. for me, but yeah. <laughs> oh, what well, I think it like really comes down to really having the clarity and confidence, like in what you want for your life. Right. Cause I think that when you have that clarity mm-hmm. and confidence, you can shake off the noise and you can shake off the people and you don't care about all the distractions. Um, and you can mm-hmm. really focus in on what it is you want for your life. Well, and that's really, really, really starting to be more prevalent and in, in, in my face at the age that I am, you know, at mm-hmm. 40, 42, like it's really, I wasted a lot of years and a lot of my 
heaviest guilt and regret mm. were the years that I was trying to please other people, whether it was um, not even verbally them expressing opinions. Some did, some didn't, but even just me thinking that's what they thought I should do. It's an and, assumption you had on yes, their belief, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So as someone, you know, if someone younger is listening to this, that is the one thing, you know, my older self would say to my younger self is, you know, let that go. You have one life and it goes mm-hmm. so fast. And if you spend it trying to please everyone else, you're going to get to 42 years old and say, wait a second, it's time I regain control of the life that I have because I don't have much more of it. And I need to make sure I live it on the day that I'm laying in my deathbed. I don't want to look back and go, well, I made my mom proud. Mm -hmm. Well, I made, I made, you know, my dad feel safe. I made the people who follow me feel like I was, I was doing everything they expected of me but I feel empty. You know, Mm, I want to make sure that, that I'm, I'm satisfying the desires that I have. And like you said, you lived a long time not doing that. Right. Cause that's, you didn't think you had the, you didn't give yourself the permission or the space Mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. Have, you know, what kind of conversation, and I think it's interesting because I think like you, we, we have the assumptions of how somebody's going to take something right you assume that they're gonna Mm -hmm. be mad about it they're not gonna judge you and then they're like I don't really care that's great or you know they just don't know about it but what do you what have you done I'm sorry what conversations have you had had to have with either family or really good friends um about their kind of I think any awkward conversations I guess that you have to be like I don't really care what you want from me this is I think a lot of it came down um more along the lines of the people pleasing mentality that I had. Like I wanted everyone to be proud, but also I, I kind of felt like there was only one way for them to be proud, the Mm -hmm. college degree, Mm -hmm. the job, the, you know, and I think it was kind of like, you know, I spend a lot of time, not necessarily trying to explain or sell myself, but you know, a lot of times, and, and even my kids, for example, this, this conversation even came up this morning because, um, I'm just now kind of Stepping into the TikTok world per Gary Vee, we should be trying to understand TikTok. So it's another social media platform. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it. Well, of course, my kids have been on TikTok for, you know, a while now. And um, I posted a video and I'm responding. When people comment, I'm responding. And my son messaged and said, it's not like Instagram. You don't have to respond to everybody. (laughs) And I'm like, my social media platforms are... I love them. I love social media and I love being social and I love um, having fun and watching other people have fun, but I also am utilizing it as a business standpoint as well. So he doesn't feel as though I need to respond and comment to everybody, but he doesn't care about algorithm. He doesn't care. His livelihood does not depend on those things. Um, so it's one of those things, whether it's, you know, to my mom or, you know, my sister who is more corporate America and doesn't really do social media except for the family social part of it. Whereas I'm utilizing it as a business. Um, I people all the time, like, but the way you see it and the way I see it and the way I'm leveraging it is very different than what you are. Um, even like that, I, I, had in the very beginning, um, some kind of some hate from some ill intended family of, Oh, well, you know, she's posting selfies. She's just into herself, blah, 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 blah. Well, yes. But at the same time, that can be how you look at it, or you can do the research and educate yourself. And you know, that images on social media of yourself, because people are following you to get to know you, um, have a higher engagement increases your algorithms it's, it's a business move, right. but if people don't want to see it as a business move and they just, Oh, well, she's just so into herself, then that's where you have to learn to bless and release and go, I get that you're not educated in how to utilize social media as a business platform, but it's not my job to have to sell myself to educate you. So if you don't want right. to understand what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, that's on you not me. And you have to understand. And that's one of the biggest things that I think is kind of like that aha moment. And I think you and I've talked about this is that everyone's end goal is different. So 
there is no two paths that need to look the exact same when the end goal is different. You might have a general end goal. We might, might both want to get to, you know, a certain, like with even like this multi, um, level marketing, the MLM company that I'm with, like we might all want to get to a certain rank. We all might want to get to this, the salary, the, you know, six figure salary or better or whatever. Um, but we all have different reasons as to why we joined it and how we want it to work into our business. A lot of the girls um, do evening Zoom calls or they do trainings or power hours in the evening. Well, I took on a side hustle because my boys were high school seniors and I wanted to step out of shooting in the evenings, my photography clients as much, and I wanted to supplement the income where I didn't have to be gone on the evenings. So if I replaced shooting a client mm -hmm. with a one hour Zoom call in the evening, I didn't do anything but trade one thing for the other. So our end goal might be the same, but how we navigate to get there is going to look very different, you know, um, to the mom who has kids who go to bed at seven because her kids are younger. She can do an eight o'clock Zoom. My kids are 18, eight o'clock. They're all trickling in from after school activities and hanging with friends and from, you know, eight to 1030. That's my best time of the day with my kids. I'm not going to give that away to sit on a zoom call with somebody. So you have to kind of be okay going, you know what, this is what fulfills me. And this is what fits into my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm going to follow suit same way with like pricing yourself as a photographer. I mean, um, people used to always say, Oh, well this photographer, she's so cheap. I had a friend who shot for very cheap, but you know what? She was a college student. She lived at home. She didn't have bills. She didn't have anything else better to do than to go shoot photography. Every right. time I walked out for a session, I was leaving four kids, not cooking dinner. I had to charge for my time. People either found my value in my time or they didn't. What is like something you hear a lot from the women and especially, I guess, the women in your world about what they struggle with um, finding their way? I think it's the weight of just the opinions of others, whether it's been voiced or just the idea of what we have. And I think that, um, again, that's where my message I feel is so strong mm -hmm. Because it's like, listen, I've battled that and it gets you nowhere. Like, let it go. Just do what works for you. Again, if, if you want to be on a Zoom at eight o'clock at night, do it. If you don't want to be on a Zoom at eight o'clock at night and you want to go live at nine in the morning because that's when your kids are in school, then do it. Do what works for you. And again, you'll find your people. But when you, and I actually just really had a, big kind of struggle with this with some of the girls on my team. And, um, but when you are trying to fit yourself into all the check boxes and expectations of other people, what happens is, is one, it's not natural to who you are. So you're going to get burnt out mm -hmm. really quickly Two, other people feel that energy that it's not you and you're not being genuine and you're not being real and you become, um, one of the masses and you lose your stronghold in whatever industry you're in because you become a number. And, and that's where, whether it's this network marketing company, whether it's photography, whether whatever it is, whether you're a real estate agent or you're a home builder, if your your photography looks like you're mimicking somebody else because you're wanting to play it safe and play by the rules and your work looks like this photographer's work and their work looks like this photographer's work in the mm -hmm. end you're just a number and the cheapest person wins and who really wins by being the cheapest you have to stand on you have to be secure enough in the gifts that you were given and the ways that you see the world whether it's through photography or the way you lead a team or the way that you coach people or the way that you build homes or whatever it is that you do, you have to be secure enough in your creative vision and the way that you have your voice to stand out and be unique. Stop trying to, again, settle into that comfort zone and that safe place of other people's expectations. 
the minute you make a little bit of noise, that's when you stand out. And yeah, you're going to have people not like you, but the people who do like you are going to love you. And that's where I can charge four times what Mm -hmm. somebody else in my town can charge with my photography work because my work looks nothing like theirs. And now only 10% might like mine, but it's okay because I'm getting four times the amount of money for the same session because they love it and they truly value it. There's so much out there, right? From Instagram to Facebook to TikTok to blogs to all these things. And you're just, it's Mm -hmm. it's very easy to get if you're not confident Yep. or even really know who you are. Maybe you haven't even thought of who you want to be to get wrapped up in the keeping up with the Joneses in a way. For sure. And that's one thing that I really try to, to talk when I talk to people is, have you thought about what makes you, you, Mm -hmm. why, why do you do the things that you do? Have you taken, have you done the work? Have you taken the personality test? Have you, have you discovered things about yourself? Have you been willing to kind of crack open those chapters and go, okay, but maybe this is why I see the world the way I do. Maybe this is why I have the opinion that I do. Maybe this is why I believe so strongly about what I do. And, and when you understand where it comes from, I feel like you can kind of like own it a little bit more of, you know, this mm-hmm. is me and this is, this is the life yeah, that no, I created love that. And it's also this like just thought process that, like, or, you know, whatever it may be. What's important to me. And then making that next conscious decision about what you want for your life. Cause I think, I mean, you know, like life happens so fast and we're going before, you know, you're 10 years down the road mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't even mm-hmm. know what makes me happy anymore. I haven't stopped and think about what do I really want? And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to change the world. Maybe it's just a right. help style change or, you know, a help change. Mm-hmm. Or, but I think so often, and we get wrapped up in the opinions of others. And I love that you talked about kind of the unspoken um, assumptions that we have of other people, right? You're like, oh, so-and-so is not going to like that because of X, Y, Z. And how we carry the opinions mm-hmm. of others, and they haven't even said a word. And some do. Some are like, that's a terrible idea. But just the weight that we carry and live in this fear and then you mm-hmm. find out that those were never true to begin with oh and that just happened to me with my team with the monate is you know i was listening to mm-hmm. everyone else again i got so much chatter from everyone else of well you need to do this and you need to do this and make sure to do this and there was like this long line of check boxes that i needed to go down but that's not who I am. I'm not the most organized and I'm very aware of that. I'm not very committal. I'm a seven (laughs) Enneagram seven through and through like, but what if something better is going to happen at seven o'clock and I don't want to do this zoom at seven o'clock. Um, and so what I ended up doing was trying to do it. It felt forced. It didn't feel natural. Mm -hmm. It felt uncomfortable. I shut down. I reclused. I backed away then I felt like I was disappointing people because I wasn't doing it. So then I got in my own head thinking, I'm just not not enough. I'm not good enough. They want something from me. And I finally had to break down and I went in and I did this big live about, you know, no, I was doing things the way that the check boxes were saying to do them and it just didn't feel right. And it wasn't me. But what I do have to offer is this, this, and this. And I might not, you know, there's resources where you can find these other things. And after I was just vulnerable and laid it all out there and just said, I understand I'm not going to be this kind of leader. If you need this kind of leader, there are resources to find this information. But what I can offer you is this. And after I had the floodgates opened with people, other women going, I am so glad that you said that because I'm feeling the pressure of being this quote unquote by the book leader as well. Mm. And I wasn't, I didn't join a side hustle to become a leader. I don't. And that's what I told my girls. I'm not here to lead you. I'm here to run with you. I'm here to encourage you, but I want your encouragement as well. I'm not above you. I want to do this with you, but I got that stigma of, well, I'm building a team. I have to be a leader. And I didn't want that responsibility on me. It feels uncomfortable. I'm not a leader in that nature. So once I laid my vulnerabilities out there, half my team came to me and was like, I am so glad you said that. That lifted so much weight off my shoulders too. It made me realize I can be successful without having to do it, you know, ABC. I can do it the way 
that feels right to me. And so we sit there and we're like, we have to do it that way, but it's so uncomfortable and it's so heavy and we mm-hmm. start to mm-hmm. self-doubt ourselves and we have all these thoughts and, but it's scary to do something different. And then you step into doing it differently and you're like, oh my God, that's what that feels like. The relief to do it my way to be, and to attract the people that like you, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to be you're not going to be mm-hmm. the leader for everybody. I'm not going to be the coach for everybody. And that's great. Like you don't want to, but it's stepping into what is your truth. It's mm-hmm. scary, but it has so much, it's such a sense of relief to not have to do it the way everybody else is doing it. If that's not what you want. And you saw that and you felt it and people weren't attracted probably right. to your, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. if you set your sales piece, if you had to step into that, like she doesn't feel right. Like people are smart. They're intuitive. They're like, something's not right there. In this day and age when we feel like we have to be connected 24 seven and there's on our phone, it's on TV and there's multiple things. Like it's so good to just have Mm -hmm. that time to wind down and to feel like the emotions that you're feeling. And I have really been working through is like, we don't have to define our emotions as like negative. Like they can just be like, I'm a firm believer in like, I'm not sad. I just feel sadness, you know, like it's not who I am. It's just what I feel at this moment. And not judge it, not yes. be mad about it. Just kind of sit with it and see what that feels like. And I feel like I'm better off in the end, right? Like, to, as opposed to like, it's fine, don't be sad, you're fine, let's just go do something. <laughs> go do something and forget about it. And then it's like, it comes back. So I think there's such power, like mm-hmm, you said, mm-hmm. one, sitting in the quiet just to let your brain think. And two, just sit with those emotions that we all feel when we're trying to do big things. Like the doubt, the sadness, the loneliness, the guilt, whatever it is, just to kind of sit in it and see what it Mm -hmm. is and then kind of make a plan to get out of it. And I think that's also like, it's so important to surround yourself with people who are committed to doing the work themselves because things like that, where, I mean, like conversations you and I've had where, you know, the day might have felt heavy or there might have been some overwhelm with like, okay, where am I going next? What, what is the expectations that I'm putting on myself and what the specific conversation you and I've had is like, what is holding me back? What, this is what I want to do. This is the vision I have for, but what exactly is keeping me frozen in this, this moment that I cannot push forward to the next thing. And to have someone who is willing to talk Mm -hmm. openly about, you know what, it's okay to sit there. It's okay to think. It's okay to take your time. It's okay to own your story. It's, you know, um, I have a few group threads on Marco Polo with some girlfriends who are, you know, one of my girlfriends the other day was just venting and she was like, I'm just in a bad mood and I don't even know why. Like, I don't know why I'm in a bad mood. I'm just, I feel, and she's like, I'm just, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to do the things. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to sit in it. And it makes you feel so much more normal when you're around people who are committed to admitting their, their place too. And not going, Oh, well, no, I don't have those days. Everything's light and everything's perfect and everything. I'm on top of everything. And no, surround yourself with the friends who are like, it's okay. Right. Like have your temper tantrum, eat the entire box of nut or butters, go for the walk, drink the wine and, and do it again tomorrow and, and see if you can, you know, pick yourself up tomorrow. I think it's so important to have a circle of friends that aren't, um, you have to, if you're wanting to do the work, if you're wanting to grow, if you're wanting to think outside the box, mm-hmm. surround yourself with people who are, it doesn't have to look the same as you, like you and I've said, I mean, total, if you looked at a spectrum, like you and I are on opposite ends of it, but we have the same heart and we have the same vision for embracing who we are and owning who we are and standing firm in our vision and our beliefs and our way of doing things. Surround yourself. So you may not understand at all what they're going for, but you know that it's important for them to get it and you know, their drive before it. So you can support each other in that effort, right? Like you may not have the same passion of, you know, being a coach or being an mm-hmm. interior designer, mm-hmm. or starting your own photography, whatever it is, but do you have that same heart and like a servant heart to help other people. And I, and I love these. I think it's so, mm-hmm. there's not enough of this. And it's mm-hmm. like you talked about, I think it's a hard line probably for people like you and me to, you want to be positive and you don't want to be that person that goes on social media and has sympathy, but it's also important to like really share our struggles. Cause I think so many people don't share the struggles cause it's, it's just mm-hmm. it's more awkward, but it's like to normalize that it is okay to have Mm-mm. doubt and to normalize that it is okay to feel weird or that it is okay to want more is so key. And so even if it, you can't do it on a social media, which isn't for everybody, just having that 
safe space with your friend group is huge. And then maybe it extends to community. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. There's so much power in your story. And I feel like every single one of us has a choice to say, life has been hard. We all have our stories. We all have our past. Mm-hmm. We all have things where we feel things were unfair or hard or heartbreaking. Um, you have the choice to feel victimized by life. Or you have the choice to say, you know what, this happened to me and this is how I'm going to overcome it. And sharing it with others will help them overcome the things that they're dealing with too. I feel like for everything that's happened to me in life, me sharing it is a way of healing my own hurts, but it's also making those hurts have purpose. And when you can help somebody else, I recently had a very close friend go through um, a heartbreaking loss that actually was something that I had experienced. And it was obviously mine was years ago. Um, but it was like, it, mm-hmm. it validated my heartbreak years ago to be able to tell her with compassion, I know exactly how you feel. And this is what life is going to look like right. 10 and 15 years on the other side of this heartbreak. It's still there, but let me, let me help you understand that you are going to get through it because I'm here proof that you can get through it. But it also that connection and being able to own that heartbreak Mm -hmm. is saying, you know what? It wasn't for anything. It wasn't for nothing. Pushing past that fear of accepting your story and owning it for what it is, help somebody else own their story. And, and like, you know, we've said how different we are and our stories and our paths have looked so completely opposite, but being able to Mm -hmm. talk to you and say, okay, if she can own her story, I can, I can push past the fear of saying, you know what, it's okay to own this part of my story. It's okay to speak this part of my story. It's okay to, to say, you know what, that really was a bad time. That was a really hurtful time. That was whatever, but it's a part of me and this is how I'm going to overcome it because Mm -hmm. other people have had experiences that are just as hurtful or more hurtful or, and they, they've chosen to rise above it or to help it create more of a thumbprint of who they are and push them, use it as leverage to push them to the next thing. And I feel like it's just so, so important that we just, I think in the end, it just boils down for me. It's yeah. so important to just no, be absolutely. okay with and, who you are. And having the courage and awareness to really go to explore what that is, you know, because I were raised to think we have to be a certain way. And then we, get older, we have to get in the way and we get a relationship or we get a job or whatever it is, is to kind of stop hopefully earlier, not later in life. And just be like, who am I? And how do I become okay with this? Even if I am weird to society or I think I'm abnormal, how can I step into my truth in a way that, like you said, on my deathbed, I could be like, at least I was honest. Mm-hmm. At least I was true to myself, right? I may not have done everything I wanted to do, but you knew who I was. So often we think about, and I've been just as equal or equally guilty about this is what do I want to do? Who do I want to be? Or like, what's my next job? What do I want to accomplish? Instead of being like, who do, like, who am I? And what's mm. important to me? And then from there, I can figure out what I want to do with that. I think we do it the opposite way. Um, there's a lot of focus on what's your job going to be? What are you going to accomplish? And then you're like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. like, what do I want? Like, so having, mm-hmm. maybe not planning out your career, but plan out like what's important to you. And that will spin off into how you spend your time and I think I think it's funny that you said that because I'm literally looking at a sheet of paper right here I'm sitting at my desk and I have a sheet of paper I just did this when I took my little you know three-month kind of break and then my girlfriend and I met in Houston and that was one of the things (laughs) my sheet of paper right here says who am I Mm -hmm. and I have 10 bullet points of who am I and it's it's not who am I defined. Um, like one of the things, you know, that I said, um, I'm a flawed woman mm-hmm. embracing what life throws at me today. You know, like I- I'm a lover of people and the stories. I'm, um, an educator. I have passion for purpose and freedom. Um, one of the things, my number 10 is <laughs> I am a explicit woman and <laughs> like insert explicit, um, like I'm a woman, you know, I'm not defined by other things. Like I encourage 
every single person who's listening, man or woman, but especially if you're a woman and you're confused about, you just can't differentiate between the noise of society and the noise of your heart, sit down and literally make a bullet point list and say, you know, who am I? Who am I? And it's not the job title. It's not, you know, it's not what other people think you are, but who are you? Who are you to your core? So thank you so much for spending time with me and I will tag you in this and thank you Mills. Great person to follow, inspiring, amazing photographer in the Texas area and just on fire to help everybody else live their best life. So thank you for spending your morning with me. I had the best time with Spanky. Like we both have mentioned, we're very, very different. Um, On paper, not much similarities, but we do have a very strong desire to be the best versions of ourselves, and also inspire other women to be the best versions of their self, really honoring and trusting what it is we want for our life and really tuning out all the noise and all the distractions so that we can really go down our own unique path. And we also talked a lot about the importance of telling your story, whether it's big or small, whatever it is, whatever piece of your story that is impactful for you will and can and should impact other people. The more we speak our truths, the more we share our stories, the more it opens up for others to do the same. So I really hope you found this encouraging and inspiring. And if you are needing additional support, I would love to hear from you. If you're looking at really trying to figure out, you know, who do I want to be or how do I tune out the noise of my family, of society, of who I think I should be to really explore what this looks like. I would love to hear from you. You can email me at H-O-L-L-Y at H-O-L-L-Y-K-R-I-V-O.com. And we will get a complimentary session set up where we can really start digging into what this looks like for you. You only have one story to write. So let's make sure it's one that you're proud of and that is true to you. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm sending all my positive and joyous thoughts to every single person out there. And remember, I'm rooting for you.